What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Das, the host of the Silence the Shame podcast. Back at you again with another incredible fire episode with my co-host, Free the Vision. What's good, Free? What's up, Shanti? I see you living that life in Vegas, baby. It ain't easy being free to vision. <laughs> oh, man, stop it. I'm working to get to that Shanti Dodd's legendary status is what I'm working to do. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's all good. But it's again, it's a pleasure to be back on these airways and streaming ways. I'm making up words but streaming way to, to get the good message of mental health and wellness to the people. Um, I'm really actually excited about this particular episode. For those that know me know I'm a super duper uber uh, sports fan and had the pleasure of actually meeting this young man officially back in April um, at the NetCon conference in Washington, D.C. We were on a panel together for the NFL Players Association and the Pro- Professional Athletes Foundation. Yeah, so shout out to NFLPA and PAF. But this gentleman um, certainly has an incredible story, and he ended up being so gracious enough to come to the Silence of Shame Gala. So if y'all were at our gala in May, you saw him there in person, or you've seen um, you know footage of him on our socials and website and so forth. But we are so excited today that we have an incredible, incredible young man who is going to be sharing his Healing in Public story. You guys know that that is one of our campaigns right now, Healing in Public. He shared his story at our gala back in May. And to have Marcus Smith back on with Silence of Shame to share so that our podcast listeners um, could just get a glimpse of what this young man went through and how he was able to overcome uh, his adversities around mental health and wellness and how he is a shining light amongst his fellow athletes and and former uh, teammates. And so we're just grateful and humbled and honored to welcome to the show today, former NFL player who was first round draft pick in 2014, Mr. Marcus Smith. What up? What's up? What's happening? Hey, <laughs> what's going on? I appreciate Y'all, he is a former NFL player. He was first drafted in 2014 by the Philadelphia Eagles. I won't hold that against you because I'm a Falcons fan. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, shout out to Philly. He was um, signed by the Philadelphia Eagles and and went on to do great things. But I want to let him kind of get into more of his story. But just in a few words, you know, Marcus, give us a little bit more information because it always sounds good instead of me reading your bio. Well, you can tell the folks a little bit about yourself and really what led you to this wellness conversation. Man, I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys uh, for having me, Shanti, and and Free. Appreciate that. Um, like like she said, Marcus Smith II, um, former six-year NFL veteran, uh, was a first-round draft pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. Also played with the um, Seahawks and also the Commanders. Now was the Redskins. I don't know why they changed their name, but you know how that goes. Um, but no, my, my another podcast for another day, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, man, my wellness journey has has kind of when there was a, a period in my career that um, I was contemplating suicide, like uh, we have talked about before. And this was my fifth year 
in the NFL. Um, I, I had just signed a $2.7 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks. And, um, you know, you would have just thought that everything on the outside was, 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 was good. But um, I had some things that I hadn't addressed yet. And these were some things that I had been dealing with um, since I was a child. And uh, I never addressed uh, my anxiety or my depression. And so uh, coming into year five, um, it was a lot of things riding on this year. Uh, I, I, I knew that if I played well, that I would get another contract, that I would be able to further my career. But um, because I never addressed it and I didn't do anything about it and I never talked to anyone about it, um, year five was the year where it, it, it kind of became a toll on me. And so that, that same, that same camp in the same year, um, I tried to, you know, in my life. And then after that, um, when I did that, it enabled me to see a different light. Um, God actually gave me, uh, a second, you know, chance, um, and I, and I talked a little bit about before how my mother or my mother-in-law and my wife were kind of like in the midst of helping me, um, get to healing because on the day that I decided to try to commit suicide, my wife called me first. And then secondly, my, um, my mother-in-law called me after that. And so because of that, I was able to um, you know, go get the help that I need because they stopped me basically from doing what I was going to do. And I came to my senses. I was trying to figure out like, what the heck did I just try to do? Um, not knowing that, you know, I had problems. I had issues that I had never even addressed. And so that's what kind of led me to my healing journey, started going to therapy. Um, and, you know, as I'm in therapy, uh, I started to figure out that, I wasn't the only one dealing with it because I would go back to my teammates and kind of like, just talk to them about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they would tell me that they were going through the same things. And so that's why, you know, I'm really big on this wellness journey because I know that a lot of us um, who, who are athletes and who are playing in these sports, we're not alone, man. Yeah, not at all. And, and, and thank you for that. And, and, and thank God for sparing your life. Right. Um, you know, yeah, most people know I came close to taking my own life in 2015 as well. And we're here for a reason, Marcus, right? To help other people. I want to dial it back a little bit um and kind of talk about it. So you got okay, first round draft pick, right? 2014, life is good, things started happening, and you said kind of year five is kind of when things came to a head. And we know now, especially post-pandemic, you know, we've seen the league, um, specifically the NFL and the NFL PA, how they've put a lot more resources, time, energy into mental health um, and probably providing yeah. resources for the players. But what did you see from a resource standpoint or even just within your own ball clubs, right? Was it, you know, was self-care and wellness or mental health talked about? Um, was, was stigma still really thick? Did that, you think, did that, hit, and if it was, did that kind of hinder you from getting the help that you need or, or and I'm not asking for specific names or, you know, yeah. specific teams, but just kind of overall, you know, what was the, the, the feel like within, you know, the league and, and just amongst mm -hmm. players and so forth? And, and did that kind of hinder you 
from really getting that help early on to where it kind of snowballed to, you know, to when you actually ended up in a crisis? Man, that's a great question. It, with the NFL, and I'm going to be totally honest, you know, from my experience and just playing football in general, um, that's just not something that we have a discussion about because we, we are these barbaric people who play a barbaric sport. And so being sensitive or being vulnerable or talking about something that, you know, can kind of like tickle your fancy a little bit, you not you're not going to do that. And so a lot of times the coaches and the players and the GMs and stuff, they carry this mentality of like, I'm not going to let nobody see me sweat. I'm not going to let nobody see it. And, and you don't want it to get up to the general manager because now if the general manager know that you're quote unquote mentally weak, then that can derail you from getting maybe the contract that you want. So a lot of times people don't say, say anything Well, at this point in time. So that's kind of what the league was. It wasn't mental health was not really talked about. And if it was, it was talked about on a very small scale and what they started to do. And what I found out that I didn't even know about was my, well, our, uh, our team, had a clinician um, that was subcontracting with the team. But I had no idea that she was even with the team. And when I started going to her, that's when I really started started to find out who the, the real Marcus Smith was. I was like, dang, like I was blaming football this whole time, but I didn't never dig deep into who I was as a person and, you know, with my father, my mother, them going through a divorce, just just all these things are starting to come out just about me as a person. And I never really got the, the chance to be able to do that. And I didn't even know that the NFL even gave that to us. And nobody nobody ever really talked about it. And, and it definitely it hindered me from speaking up because. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm trying. I was trying to get another deal. I didn't want them to have anything to say about me. Oh, well, he's yeah, he's not mentally tough enough to, you know, to go through a whole season. Or is he just going to quit again? Because that's what happened. I walked away from the game. Right. I got the help that I needed. In November, I came back and played with the commanders. Right. So I was I was my my wife was pregnant at the time. I was able to get the help that I needed. I actually seen my daughter born when I seen my daughter born. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this thing a try again because I know I'm going to end up going through the same things again. And I did go through those things, but I was able to overcome them because of the therapy and the treatment that I was receiving. I was able to use those tactics and the things that I learned in that. Um, but at the same time, I didn't know that the help was there and I wouldn't have never said anything if I hadn't have gone through a crisis. Yeah, man, that's, it's really impactful, you know, to, to hear somebody who's in the space where, um, like you said, you, you're playing a barbaric sport. Everybody's cheering for that though, too. So they kind of have this expectation and view of you, um, was that the first time that you had gotten to that point? Or do you remember any times being younger where um, either you con contemplated or had those types of thoughts um, or where you might have even looking back, been able to see that maybe this is something that was 
could could reach that kind of head. There were times where in college that I would want to quit, not necessarily taking my own life. But I always explain it to people like this. When we're young, we are able to roll out of bed, no stretching, no nothing, your legs, whatever. You could just go play, do and call it a day, right? As you get older, you got you can't do that. You gotta, before you go work out, you gotta stretch a little bit because you might pull your hamstring or whatever. It's the same thing with your mental health. When I was a kid, I was just suppressing all of these feelings, all of these emotions, and I was just going about my day like, like nothing ever happened. And as I got older, I wasn't able to do that anymore. Year five came, I couldn't push through year five like how I did in year one or when I did in college, like, man, I was a true vegetable out there. Like I never ate anything. I I couldn't eat. Right. I was throwing up my food. You would have thought I was anorexic sometimes because I never really ate much. Mm. And I think that was just from the anxiety that I was feeling. I didn't know um, that I had an anxiety disorder and I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Um, this past November, because I, I went out to APN, which is a a, a retreat. Not a, I'm not going to say a retreat, a mental health facility where I actually was there 30 days. And that was the first time I was ever diagnosed. And I didn't I still didn't know that I had an issue until somebody brought it to my forefront. And you were saying that was this November, like this was recently. Yeah, I went I went there this November and. Honestly, man, it was it kind of it changed my life because I did therapy every day, Monday through Sunday, um, twice a day. And I was really digging deep into myself and who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have one more question as well. Were you if you're comfortable discussing it, um, were you able to pinpoint like what the thing was that you feel like took you to that point? Um, looking back and is it, or do you feel like it was an accumulation of multiple things? Well, I think, and, and, you know, a lot of guys don't want to talk about this. Um, um, when we talk about NFL, um, I know if you heard of CTE, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about that all the time. Um, there were times the year before that I would, um, that I would have, I think I had two concussions the year before. Mm. And um, I'm not blaming CTE for that, but I'm just saying that could be just a culprit a little bit to me wanting to do that. Right. But I then I already had issues. Right. And I think it was the pinpoint was um, it was like August. I think it was like August 16th. um, I had got hurt and I wasn't on the football field. And I remember. I went out to eat with my wife and that whole day I just was very restless. I couldn't like, you know, function. Right. And she kept asking me like, you okay? You good? And you know, men, black men, especially we like, we're going to good ourselves. We're going to tell you we good, but you know, people know that we're not good. We're just going to say we good. So we can get you off our back. So I would, I would tell her that. And it was more so um, the how you explain anxiety from the standpoint of like my chest, like my chest felt like it was caving in. Mm. 
So if your chest feel like you're caving in, you think you're having a heart attack. And so when you're asleep and you wake up with a night terror, because they call them night terrors, because I will have anxiety attacks in my sleep. When you when you do that, you wake up like you feeling like something is wrong with you because this is what's been going on for so many years. And you just get so tired of it because it's in the way of what you want to do. It's in the way of your what you feel like you're calling this, which, which I thought was football. And so I felt like I couldn't do that anymore. When I felt like I didn't have my my safe haven, I was ready to let it go within myself. I was like, you know what? I woke up, I sat on the bed, I looked at my wife, and I was so far gone to the point where I didn't care what was happening around me. I was just ready to end the pain within within myself. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was pretty much like the pinpoint of of it was like. Me, me and my wife were, were at, at lunch and we were just talking in that night. That's when everything happened. I just I lost it. Mm-hmm. That's so what- I want to ask you, um, it's funny, when I was contemplating taking my own life, Marcus, um, it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just wanted the pain to go away, right? And so it's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of people who contemplate, like I did an attempt, but I came close, right? And again, I just wanted the pain to stop. And a lot of people just don't really understand that. But when you're in those moments, you know, it's it's, it's such an incredibly tough place to be in. And I tell people like, I kept hearing, it was almost like I was hearing voices that told me to kill myself, but not like from a schizophrenic perspective. Like I wasn't actually right. hearing voices, but maybe subconsciously I felt like, you know, something was telling me some other kind of spirit was telling me to do that. And so I wanted to ask you, did you get any um, support or lack of outside of your wife, right? And your parents, how did other family members and your teammates, you know, handle the situation and how did they treat you? So I'll go to teammates first. Um, A lot of my teammates were telling me like Russ, Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson, um, Bobby Wagner, Tyler Lockett, a lot of these guys who are going to be Hall of Famers um, told me that, you know, it takes a lot of guts to do what you did. And it gave me some confidence into going into therapy. Um, and actually, you know, a couple of them, not going to name any names, but a couple of them said they had been dealing with something similar, uh, a couple of days prior, but, you know, some people can continue to muster through, but because I stepped away, I feel like that started a wave of guys really going to get help. Because if you look at me, all they could see was, man, Marcus, you would have never known at all. I didn't show it. You know, I was always happy. I was always like, you know, gippy, just, you know, and that's usually how it is. You know what I'm saying? So most of the time you you really don't know. And so I know guys who, you know, took that step and say, you know what, I'm going to go get some help. I'm going to go get the therapy that I need or, you know, just go talk to somebody that you can confide into, you know, meditation yoga, whatever it may be. Now, you know, besides my wife and my mother-in-law and my mother, 
my mother was shocked. She was heartbroken um, because my mom is like, you know, it's different when you, it's your mother, right? And she, she knew, but she didn't know like how to tell me or like how to ask because this is something in our community we don't we don't talk about. And when I would take pictures and stuff, she would tell me like, I could see it on your face, like I could, she could see it in me. And um, she was shocked and, and she was very heartbroken, but she was just happy that um, I decided to get the help that I need because she wouldn't know what she would do if, you know, I did take my own life. No, absolutely. It's funny. I, we got a brother. We got to spend some more time together because our stories is so many, like, even though they're, you know, vastly different, it's a lot mm-hmm. of parallels there. Like me, Man. you know, walked away. I was a big time music executive at the, at the top of my game. And as soon as I started opening up and talking about it, same thing, like a lot of artists started opening up. I had a lot of executives that were like hitting me on text message or DM like, yo, I'm going through this. Can you support me? And I'm not saying like I, you know, changed the game in the business, but I do think that my organization and me being open and honest, you know, allowed a lot of people in that same space, you know, to start opening up and talking about it. And I get this question a lot. And I want to ask you, like, do you miss the game of football? Because people ask me, do I miss the business of music? And certainly, you know, through Silence of Shame, we've been able to incorporate, you know, musicians and artists. And and that allows me, you know, to kind of still have one foot in the door. And I'll be lying if I said I didn't miss it sometimes. (laughs) I I spent my whole career, you know, breaking artists and touring and doing all that good stuff. But I do feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. But there are times when I'm like, shit, okay. Do you ever get that feeling? Man, I we are literally like parallel. Like it's crazy. You're like my little brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah. For real though, for real. Yeah, heck yeah. I, I miss I miss it like crazy. Um, this is the first year that I didn't realize that preseason started today, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just because of all the work that I've been putting in and that we're, you know, that we're trying to do with in the mental health space. But right. yeah, I I truly miss it but what brings me back just like you is with the circle of them I can talk to former players and kind of like get their opinions and how they feel about the mental health world but also how they feel about the game of football and we kind of like coincide with how we feel and also I have a business um it's a it's called A&M Sports and Fitness where we train athletes so okay you know it's my brother, he he pretty much runs it. It's both of our businesses. But, you know, when I go in there, and that's why I shoot the Circle of M, too. I shoot it in our office. But when you go outside of the office, we have turf, weights, and stuff like that. So I see kids all the time. So it kind of gives me that that feeling of, like, being around someone in the locker room. I can mentor the guys. I can talk to them. Because so you're still young. That. That's the crazy thing is you're still a baby. You're still young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's. But, Do you think you would ever want to be a coach or a commentator or just continue? I mean, obviously, a continue this path. I've been asked that, too. And uh, I would say life coach. OK. You know, I have 
you know, I'm working on my certification right now to finish life coaching. Um, I do want to actually go back to school to be a therapist. I'm going to say that, um, oh, you know, because okay. I, there's not enough of us. Mm. And what I get from guys that I talk to is that, you know, they would much rather have someone who's kind of like been through what they've been through. So the only way for me to be in that realm is I, I have to get the credentials to do so. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, but commentating, I've, I've been asked that too. And um, I'm actually talking to some people right now to kind of like start that. Um, but kind of maybe test yeah. the waters a little bit. I just yeah. think it's awesome. Um, and it, 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 you know, you never know why things happen to us. Right. And what opportunities God will place in our, you know, path as, as we honor him and honor our bodies and our minds. And I feel like that's what he's doing for me is just opening doors and opportunities. I definitely think there's like, you know, some synergies between Silence to Shame and Circle of M and synergies between Shanti Das and Marcus Smith. Can, can you tell our audience exactly what the Circle of M is and, and how we can better support your organization? Yeah, so uh, the Circle of M is a nonprofit organization uh, where we our mission is to unmask the feelings that cause anxiety, depression. So what we started was a podcast initially first to just get the message out, um, because that was the first thing that I wanted to do. I just wanted to continue the conversation and like, let's let's talk about it and, and be vulnerable about it and make it the norm. And I know the silence, the shame. You guys, you do the same thing as well. Like you have normalized mental health. And so, you know, the circle of them is really just, you know, piggybacking off of that and continuing the efforts to uh, put the message out there and 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 have things in place for athletes, people in general to um, get some healing that they solely desire. So when they hear these different messages, they can either look at themselves and say, hey, you know, I I need to get some help or they can look at themselves and and, and say, you know what? I love this show. I want to keep watching. This is some form of healing for me. And so that's that's what the circle of them is. And um, we plan to also do uh, some, uh, you know, mental health summits, too, as well, that I'm going to talk to you about, too. Shanti and that, you know, we can continue to tackle this thing together because um, it's not getting any better. Like the the rates and everything is, is getting higher, especially after COVID. It's crazy. I have a question. If you could um, now having gone through this space and now doing what you're currently doing, um, what resources do you feel like would have been amazing to have while you were in the NFL battling and facing this like what's some things that you feel like would be great to have implemented maybe man um so at the time we didn't have a clinician on site um and we didn't have a clinician that was of color so most clinicians were um excuse my french i don't i hate saying this but it's like old white ladies i mean but there's nothing wrong with that because my my therapist, she was an older white woman, but most guys who come from a, a background of, you know, they come from the streets or they come from the struggle um, and that's all they've seen, then they won't ever go in there because they already 
assume that you're not going to understand. You're, it's you're it's not, a cultural gap. Right, right. And I think the, the biggest the biggest gap is actually tailoring like you can you can have both like the nfl is a billion dollar business right even though there's still some stigma around actual therapists because they feel like the therapists are geared toward the owner so the 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 therapist answer to the owner but you can still say again really yeah, so one of the stigmas is that, like, if the therapist is in the building, if you're trying to make the team, that's not a place that you you want to go. Because if you're going in there, then nine times out of ten, upstairs is going to know, right? Mm. So 70 80% of the guys, they're not going in there. Now, the guys with the money that who's been invested in, they can go in there because they already been paid money. They, they're, you know, their leash is a little bit longer, but when you got guys trying to make the team, it's like, it's, it's very hard. Okay. So that's a great point. That made me think of something else. Okay. So you're on the team. What if like the agents took some of the ownership of making sure that their clients had an outside therapist to get the help that they need at the time of signing, right? Because I'm always just trying to figure out innovative ways and things we can do to change the industry to better it, um, no matter what industry you're in. But maybe that's a little that's bit better. So that like, you know, your, your, your players or the team, your coaches don't have to necessarily see you. This is just work that, quote unquote, Marcus or, some, any, or John or, you know, Tom or Bob is doing on his own even outside of the practice facility. You know what Man, I mean? That that's a great that's an amazing point because a lot of agents they're there to just get your money like look at you, you know, you're you're a star. I'm going to get mine. So having like cuz I think of when you talked about on the panel like having your team, why why can't that be when, when I'm about to sign a, a deal with an agent, why can't it be before then on the kid's radar? Okay, I need to have this mental health team also. Mm-hmm. So when they do walk in the building, they don't necessarily, they already have somebody that they can, oh, after practice, I can I can go call somebody and, and talk to. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And, you know, a lot of people don't think that it's needed, right, until there is a quote-unquote need. But if we took a different approach and perspective from a preventative or just a wellness perspective, right, you don't always call your life coach when something ain't wrong. Sometimes it's just to, you know, talk about things and, you know, just to have somebody from an objective perspective. So, Definitely a lot that I'd love I to have that. continue these conversations. I would have had that. I might still be playing. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right, uh, Mr. Goodell, you heard it first. Holla at you, all y'all agents out there. Me and Marcus got work to do. Come on, come on, Carl I'm Frank. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. Well, man, if, if you if you really want to great get to these kids, you got to get to these kids in a different way, man. It's, it's not all about the money, man. Um, you know, that, that stage is, is, is long gone. This, this, this mental health thing 
we have to continue to be on top of it because you always see it's 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 a ray of NFL guys in the news and things of that nature, and you always wonder like what's going on. And if somebody is, musicians and artists too, same right, thing. Right, right, and so we have to we have to continue to be ahead of it. We do. We absolutely do. Well, we 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 have a few minutes left. Um, gosh, we're just so thankful for your story. We could talk on and on and on, but there will be lots more content, a lot more stuff that that we will be doing collectively together. I'm excited about it. I'm so proud of you, Marcus. Appreciate that. Um, for standing in your truth, for allowing yourself to be vulnerable um, as a former uh, professional athlete. And really just like putting yourself out there so you can help those that are coming behind you. Um, you you're really doing good work and, and we honor you today. hundred um, percent. And thank you for sharing your healing and public journey and story. Um, we're, we're just so grateful. Tell us or our listeners how they can stay in touch with you, how they can listen to your circle of M podcast or anything else you want to mention. Um, so uh, my Instagram is moneymark91, M-O-N-E-Y-M-A-R-C-9-1, uh, which I post different content there. And and the Circle of M has its own page. It's at the Circle of M. And that's usually where most of uh, the YouTube um, episodes will be of um, different players. Also, Shanti is on there as well. You can hear her story, uh, which was an amazing story. Um and uh, that's usually where, you know, the Circle of M lies. We're also on Facebook, too. The Circle of M is also on Facebook. The same is at the Circle of the Circle of M. Um, and you'll be able to see all the content there and also all of the, the things that we have coming up. Oh, and the Circle of M dot com, too. I know it's like Circle of M, like the Circle of M dot com. You can also go on there and it would be a long list of all the uh the, the podcast interviews too as well. Okay, that's dope. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Y'all give it up for Marcus again. We are certainly appreciative um, for you being on the show today and just so grateful for your time. Free the vision. How can we stay in touch with you, young man? Um, I am free the vision everywhere. Um, everywhere <laughs> you are. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow me there. Follow me on Instagram or or wherever, but it is at free the vision. And how can how can we and, uh, no staying in touch with silence the shame? Yep, yep, yep. Um, follow us on Instagram at silence the shame, and then Twitter and Facebook is at silence th shame. Um, and be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. Let us know what you guys think of this episode and just things that you would also like to hear because that helps us have broader and better conversations. Um, man, Marcus, you have an excellent story, man, and I appreciate you sharing this with us for real, for real. And I'm um, just man, taking the time to do this. Yeah, I, I think it's so much more, you know, that we can do together. Um, sure. I, I'm excited about the possibilities in the future and just wish you everything that you need to stay healthy and whole, right? Um, and just know that, you know, you have our support always. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is, you know, this is amazing when you get the opportunity, you know, to speak to Shanti's, you know, the vets and, and free. So I really, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I am Shanti Das, your host. You can follow me at 
shantidas404 on Instagram. Um, you can buy my book, Silencing My Shame at shantidas.biz. And I also just launched my own mind, body, wellness platform on IG called Mibo, M-I-B-O, M-I for mind, B-O for body. So I'm excited about that. And there's more to come. So you just check out my, my socials for that. And just make sure um, that you are doing your part within your own households, your families, your communities, um, within your groups, whether you're an athlete or a musician, a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, or whatever field that you're in. Um, you know, be kind to yourself. Come from a place of empathy with your family members and coworkers. We don't need you to feel sorry for us. We just need you to understand where we're at and, and give us a little bit more support. And as always, take time, save a life and silence the shame. Don't stop yet. I forgot. Let me re-record the intro. Okay. Three, two, one.